When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is another episode of what I think I'm calling Layla's Room at the House of L. And I invited Tony Gill on to do a podcast with Chris Ranji briefly because, Tony, weren't you and Ranji and Melissa Rokitis, a.k.a. Roki, all doing a podcast called How to Be a Better Friend? Yeah. And am I to understand that you guys stopped doing it, which means none of you became better friends? That is a good question. Um, and it's not, it's, I, it's not my fault. 100%. Oh, oh it's okay. It's zero to do with me. Okay. Um, it's all on Ronji <laughs> uh-huh. and Melissa. And I almost got out my coffee. Oh, let's, let's hear this example. Okay, here we go. I had a whole baby. <laughs> and none an of them en- reached out. An entire, that's not true. Media. That is not true. I asked you how the baby was doing. After I reached out, no, dude, there's no way that's true. I have, I have the text message. Is it possible, Tony, that I didn't know it happened? I need to hear the text message. I need to hear it because I knew you had a baby and I knew when you had the baby. But also you're in Chicago. I'm not. I didn't see Tony have the baby. But but you are around people who see Tony all the time and talk to him. You would have heard. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I found out via social media. I did exaggerate a little oh. bit. Oh, here we months. go. <laughs> but it was weeks. It was not. So oh, here the, we la- go. The, the text message in question is, just letting you guys know, I had a baby. <laughs> okay. That was, that... you know what the date on that was? That was Wednesday, November 8th. Uh-huh. The day yeah. before my birthday, which I knew I was not getting a birthday text. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh... So I had to let you and then you asked, oh, she's adorable. How's the baby? All that stuff. That was Okay, so so let me make this I want to get this all out there. Melissa's on this text thread, which means she didn't text you right away either, right? This isn't yeah. about her right now. This is about well, you. Well, well, okay, it is. You're right. But see Melissa was, was she in Boston at the time or Nashville or whatever? So when you're in Nashville, well, but at the, but she was in Boston, Layla to be a way to be a better friend. Well, I'm I'm saying at the time, I I don't know the timeline problem is here, Tony. Oh, it's me. Of course. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be me. Yeah. (laughs) I had a whole baby. I know. I didn't have a three quarters baby or a half baby. I had a full baby. 
That's a saying now, Chris. That's what the kids are saying. You say a, I had whole, a whole baby, baby. Like I changed oh, yeah. a whole ass job. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes like you're sense. on your whole ass couch right now. Yeah, I'm on my whole ass couch. Hmm. Yeah, we're doing great on this couch. I just got home from work, and now it, I get, I came home from work. This is this is must be what it's like to be married, because hey, Tony, I come home. Tony dipped out. Me. Tony just left. I, I'm a good. Well, Tony knows I'm a good friend to him, and that's really all that matters. Well, it's it's easy. You're there. Oh my god. <laughs> see this? I see Tony every day. I haven't seen Tony in months. Oh, okay. that's not true. I saw ta- I saw Tony last month. <laughs> see, and last month was two days ago. Not that month. I saw him the month before. Oh, so uh, you know this this has to be what it's like to be married, where you 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 know you have a, a hard day at work. And you've really put all of your effort into it. And then you come home and you got two people squawking at you. I got Tony Gill squawking at me. I got Layla in my ear, in the other ear. This is difficult. First of all, I have been married. <laughs> Tony is married. The only one who doesn't know what that's, that's like. You. That's why I'm guessing this is what it's like. Are you going to avoid finding out what it's like for the rest of your life dude i don't mean to jump into that so quickly this is not <laughs> the podcast i wanted to have but i think it's the one that people want so we oh, might as well man. give the people what we want yeah nobody wants nobody cares about what's going on with me who sure, cares sure they do yeah, so you're avoiding right? marriage is that what i'm, I'm not avo- <laughs> i'm not intentionally avoiding anything layla i'm just you know it's it's how it's working and now just so you know I live, <laughs> I live in, well, there might be one or two people I'm intentionally avoiding and, uh, you might know some of them. Me. No, not you. <laughs> I'm not avoiding you. Um, yeah, I but I spat out my coffee again. I saw that real good spit yeah. take a legit oh, spit it take. Happen. It didn't happen. It didn't go through my nose. I am winning this podcast. Yeah, you really are. We're <laughs> keeping score. See, this is what it's like being married. You're keeping score. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. If I kept score on my ex-husband. I would have gotten divorced way uh, earlier into the yeah. marriage. Yeah, I believe that. But I, I live, as you know, Layla. I live in a uh, a place where it is. Um, it's a little slower. It's a little slower down here in in St. Louis. So, you know, don't meet as many people. There aren't a whole lot of people here. You act like you moved to a separate country. Feels that way sometimes. And I, I love the people here. I love my people. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's a little barren. So it's, it's a little desolate sometimes. There are, I believe, the population in my city, city limits. So it's downtown and then, you know, the other parts that are considered in the limit. 200,000 people, I think, to 250,000. That's it. So, yeah, it's um, like it, it, I mean, the, the, the thing is, people mix up market size with the actual size of a city based correct. on the land it's, it's annexed as right. its own and who lives inside the parameters. Like this happens right. with Houston all the time, because in Houston, they're like, oh, it's the fourth biggest, you know, media market in the country. It is not it is the fourth most populous city because it yeah. has so much land. Right. Well, the metro area, and let me correct myself. It's we're closer to three hundred. It's two ninety three. That's how many. Yeah, people that sounds a little better. Live in the that's the city proper now. I mean, it's it's down a lot. I think at one point it was closer to eight hundred, 
And just a lot of people over the decades have moved out. And our market goes into Illinois. So the market size is considered uh, St. Louis, all the parts west, south, north, and then across the river into Illinois. Um, and then I think it's about, it's a little less than 3 million total. Something like that, 2.5 million. Yeah, I, I think it's got a heavy suburban population oh, and yeah. it is a very like geographically large market like for example the austin media market is only nine counties and the counties in in texas are roughly they vary but the base county size is 30 miles by 30 miles yeah i think theirs are a little different uh because they get dictated by the rivers the farther south you go but uh point being it's not a very big geographical market like for example denver has a massive geographical market size right and, uh, and you know, parts of it go into Wyoming. And Denver's far from Wyoming. So it just depends. Yeah, you're right. It just depends on what the size of it is. Um, and if but I, all of that is probably not why people tuned in because they can no, just probably look not. at maps yeah. to find that out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Also, but, like, you know, it's that's good to have a, a really lesson. nice way of explaining why you avoid things. But it's just not... Like, you're also illustrating how things could happen for you based on that many people. Well, I don't know. See, I see it as is. I see it as fewer opportunities. That's the way I look at it. Of course, you do. Yeah, you look at everything with a glass half empty attitude. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> I'm just like that in my personal life, not professionally. Professionally, oh, I get optimistic about stuff. That's true. Just, you do. In my personal life, I have wine glasses and say I hate everyone. That's the, the I I know. I think you brought him to work. I think I they were a present from my best friend. <laughs> she knew I loved them. Oh, Layla, you were the this best. Is one of, this is one of those weeks where I hate everyone. So so you're in luck. Wow, I'm the best now because you used to say I was the worst. So something well, horrible must have happened. You're a little of both, and it's okay. I. Um, I have no real reason why we're doing this podcast. Like I did one recently for House of L where I talked, I talked to Carmen Vitale, uh, about like sports and stuff. Carmen's great. Carmen is fabulous. Uh, I think she does a tremendously great job. I was super interested to hear her talk about her time with Tampa Bay because she worked as a writer for the team and she was taught by coaches so much. And so I'm like, okay, give us your state secrets. Um, so I think that that's, you know, a lot of that really plays and especially the Super Bowl experience with the Super Bowl winning team during the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, I think is a really, you know, symmetrically valid reason to talk to somebody. And, just and she made a lot of really good predictions on the playoffs. Yeah, she's really smart. And she uh, just a sidebar. I don't know if you guys talked about it, but she was a media relations intern with the White Sox. And I met her years ago. And then she went to Los Angeles and worked with the Dodgers for a minute. She is the reason I got to meet Vin Scully. If um, It was my final year working with the Sox, and I decided I wanted to go out to the, um, to the L.A. trip because they, the, they, they played the Dodgers, and then they played Anaheim. And we're at Dodger Stadium, and I knew her because she was working there. And, um, or maybe she, I can't remember, maybe she had gone to the, she was with the Dodgers first, then the White Sox, whatever. She had, she had a relationship with Vin. And I remember 
uh, Darren Jackson, had just met with him, taken a photo, and I said, man, I'd love to meet Vin. He goes, well, I don't know. I had to, I had to set this up. I had to you know work with somebody. I just want to go over there. Because he didn't just want to pop into the booth and interrupt him. So I went, okay, well, I guess I missed my chance. And I saw Carmen, and I was telling her the same thing. And she goes, oh, I'll go talk to him right now. And she walked into the booth, and she came back out and brought him with her. And we talked for a little bit. He was wearing a, this powder blue, um, you know, sport coat, which I could tell had been around one of those great quality suit coats. You know, a guy bought a suit in the seventies and it still looks good. You could tell it was Mm -hmm. one of those. And he was very, very nice. And it was all because uh, of Carmen. Yeah. Basically the show is Carmen and Vitaly appreciation. Yeah. Uh, and, and DJ, I like DJ a lot. DJ's wonderful. DJ used to, he was mean to me. And so uh, DJ would... I like DJ even more now. When I would bring food into the booth, I remember one time, this is the first time it happened. We're in Minnesota, and I had a pickle. And I'm eating a pickle spear, a dill pickle. I walk in, and DJ just slaps it out of my hand. I was ha- <laughs> I was halfway through, and I said, "What? what the hell is that? And then... And then he then he he tells the story about when he was playing that there were a couple of guys who so in a clubhouse there's a kitchen you know you can go make your own food if you want I mean there's always stuff sandwich stuff and uh, whatever else and he said people would go into the kitchen and they would make these elaborate sandwiches you know they'd put all kinds of meat and all the all the trimmings like everything on it the lettuce tomato all of it. They would walk Man. out into the clubhouse with it on a plate, and somebody else would walk up to him and just knock the plate out of their hand. And oh, he said it was awful. a he said it was a regular thing that you would work so hard on making <laughs> the sandwich, and guys in the clubhouse are knocking it out of your hand. I love that story. Um, if that happened to me, I would just start laughing. Like I would probably spill something else in the process of laughing. Yeah, yeah. I. <laughs> I, I love like a good stupid random joke. Like oh. like one one day I was having a not great day in Austin, which already it sounds crazy. How could that happen? But uh, I was I was uh, the number three sports person at KXAN for many years, uh, the NBC station in Austin, because I just can't get away from NBC. I love it, obviously. Yeah, clearly. And um and like I was kind of bummed. Uh Something had occurred. Like I was also physically tired. I used to carry uh, fifty pounds of gear every day, thirty pound TV camera on my shoulder for hours at a time. So you, you wanted to... those were that, that was a station where the, you didn't have a, a photographer, right? You're carrying. No, you're doing we everything. did, but like I, I yeah. So I, I did the one man band thing every yeah. day for seven years of Oof, my career. That's and, a lot. Um, I mean, it was awesome. I was super in shape because I had to be. Mm-hmm. But like my back and shoulder are still like not great on my right side, but like I carried a legit big boy, 30 pound TV camera. But here's the thing. It wasn't just for like sound bites and stuff on a tripod. You had to have it on your shoulder because that was the only way you were getting highlights of the UT basketball game is if you recorded the entire game yourself, not all of them were televised then this was before Longhorn network and all that. So the majority of my day was spent shooting hours at a time. You know, I would be, I'd have a TV camera on my shoulder for three and four hours at a time. Um, so this day, like I'm, I, 
I, uh, KXAN is conveniently located on the UT campus and we are by a very happening McDonald's. And I wanted like the iced coffee. And at the time there was one with whip on it, but I was like, Hey, can I get no whip? And then I roll up to the window and and the woman working the drive-thru goes, you said you wanted extra whip, right? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. She's like, just kidding. And then she oh, yeah. dances it out. And I'm like, That's yeah. great. Dude, I don't <laughs> know what it is I about McDonald's. About I laughed about that for years later. I'm like, that woman randomly made my day just messing with me. I was That's like, funny. oh, no. And then she's like, psych. And yeah. I just thought it was like the greatest <laughs> timed little dose of funniness that I needed. I, like, I, I think about it a lot. <laughs> here's one that here's the thing i think about i love iced coffee as you, you know coffee yeah you are, I, I love coffee. coffee more than i do i have only one time gone to mcdonald's to get iced coffee it, it was close and i thought well i'll try it i've never gotten it here i think their hot coffee is really good it'll burn you and then you can file you know file a lawsuit uh, you won't end up with the money but you can file it anyway Listen, um, St. I, Louis, Ranji, you need to do some research into that case because there was more to it than that. And, oh, no, uh, no, no. Hey, 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 hey. You have to tell me should those should those were third degree burns. Um, I They they boiled the, the coffee jury. too hot. It was the jury who decided the punitive damage and they were it, deliberate it, in what they decided. That's right. They decided it was a percentage of coffee sales that McDonald's has in one day. And that's how yep. they reached the verdict. It wasn't just some number they pulled out of thin air. And it's got to be punitive. So I'm I'm totally on her side. But she en- ended up not getting all of the money. I don't think even got close to it. Um, but anyway, I, I go and I get the iced coffee. And I just I think I just said iced coffee. I don't I, I don't know if I I like a little bit of half and half or milk or whatever. And then I went to the window and picked it up. And it was just all milk and a oh. little bit of coffee. Oh. And. And so I, I thought, oh, I can't, I can't have this. So I, I, it was, it was like a cup of milk. So I gave it back and said, you know, I, just, I was just kind of wanting a little coffee and a little, and, and she was totally confused. And I guess that's how they make it. They just make uh, it with a ton of coffee or a ton I of mean, milk and no coffee. I don't know. Milk is probably cheaper than coffee for them um, yep. based on supply, but I don't know. I mm. just knew. There was a time in my life where I was getting a lot of McDonald's coffee because I lived in Austin and A, that's all I could afford. And B, it was very anti-establishment because the establishment at the time was Starbucks. So Starbucks. I was like, mm, I'm going to troll slash save money slash get what I need and uh, get McDonald's to be anti. So that was my whole attempt. So it- and then, you know, f- funny people came along with it. So I was like, well, you guys have my business. I mean, that's happening. That's and and you know what, Layla, you kind that it's a really, uh, it's a tightrope that you walk there because you're sticking it to the coffee man by going to the fast food man. You know what I mean? You know that I, you know that I like to layer my humor, right? Yeah, I know. Like there's people who get the joke, and then there's people who get all of the joke, <laughs> and then there's people who get none of the joke oh well that's not me no that is not you no you put your name and your face on your social media that's right i actually as much as we communicate i actually have some questions for you that i think the audience wants to know whoever okay. poor sap is listening to this oh they could do worse be, it might just be aloha mr hand of the 108 it might just be P. oh aloha and that's it we love the hand yeah I'll never forget the time I was at Cork and Carry after a Sox game, and I had been talking to Pete all day, 
And then I was like, wait, you're Aloha Mr. Hand on Twitter? And that's how I process information. Was he the guy that showed up to Shane's party? Yeah, him and Wally. Okay. Shout yeah, out to right. Wally, too. Right. And uh, Good guys. Yes. Yeah. No, the whole crew. I, I enjoy the 108s. Yep. I uh, I didn't go to uh, I went to one Sox baseball game last season, which is a real tragedy here. And it was the one to watch Liam Hendricks come back, which was pretty amazing that I That's got cool. to be there for that moment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I just didn't get as much Sox baseball in, which is sad. But I got to do pre and post game with Ozzy and that was great. And Ozzy, uh, I believe, had his first trip back to Marlins Stadium, which is now Lone Depot Park yesterday. With the Tiburones of Venezuela who beat the Dominican team right. in the, in the uh, Caribbean series. So Very shout cool out to Ozzy. Um, I want to ask you, because I met you toward the end of your time in Chicago and when right. you were moving to St. Louis. Now that I've gotten to kind of like work at the score, understand the phenomenon working with White Sox pre post game, the White Sox crew at NBC Sports Chicago, the phenomenon that was. Chris Ranji plus White Sox and all the references that were made from a time that we lovingly referred to as weird score. But uh, oh, oh yeah, I love weird. And also weird score sounds fantastic because I think I am weird score. But also, did you think when you moved to St. Louis that this would still be part of your life so much to the point where one of John Greenberg's most popular articles from The Athletic last year? Was the one titled "What About Danks"? Because oh. <laughs> I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty amazed that that's all still so valid to everybody, and we all just participate in the joke happily. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll it, it's not, it's not Sox Post. It's not. I mean, it's it's the callers, but it isn't. It isn't me. You know what it is? It, it was a. It was the Boars and Bernstein show. Right. Because because all that stuff that would happen during a post game. Here's what I love about score listeners. They are always they're paying loyal. attention. They're, they're loyal. <laughs> they're, they're always paying attention and they know what the hosts like. So they knew what Boars and Bernstein liked. They knew they liked the weird stuff. So they were always on the lookout. And if something happened during a post game, if Tannehill or whoever else didn't hear it, they would make sure to send an email and say, hey, at 10.15, this guy said this, and then this is what happened, so you need to find it. And then they so would they go and find it. Like, they were producing. Kind of. I mean, Chris could tell you better. I mean, he was, he was always in tune, but people were letting him know if something happened, and he's so awesome at, as you know, he's great at finding things and knowing what to do with it and knowing knowing what would be funny if he knows what dead horses to beat that would be funny he he's good at knowing everything funny and he's always listening and the drops yeah. he's pulled of me in particular i'm like Bleh. but that's but you, you gotta well, hand it to him you gotta tip your hat that stuff sticks because of all that post-game stuff was about boars and bernstein i think it, it wouldn't have been anything without them so i first sent you like when we first started like just being friends like media friends like everybody we all connect and whatnot like you sent me a youtube link to boars and bernstein and it was it was one of the ones where you were like were breaking down laughing 
And I, I got it. But the problem was I was always working when they were on. Yeah. So like, I couldn't really get it, get it. Right. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Because you've always been. Now I get it. Because you know everybody, because you know, you know, Chris and you know, Dan and worked with them and, and me and, and everybody else. You were always at the time I didn't know any of you guys. But you right, but you started to work with them, so you were fascinated by the whole thing. You oh, were yeah, fascinated I mean, by the old B and B thing. At, having worked at the ticket in Dallas, which is also a station that I think, you know, is is known in our industry. It, I think it just won another Marconi for station of the year, but it's it's known as being one of those stations that loves the weird, got into the whole you know, they're more sports culture than they are just straight sports like like X's and O's. They, I think there are some inspiration points they took from Boers and Bernstein for sure. So I, I love all that stuff. Like I like the the weird and the funny and the awkward and the embracing of it. I mean, that's what I am. So I love all those things. And like when I moved here, it's funny because I was working for NBC Sports Chicago and everybody was on Cap Show, right? Like David Kaplan, he was great yep. to me, obviously. He still is. I adore the man. Um, you know, everybody was on that show. Chuck, Pat, like the Cap and company was everybody I worked with. And then for whatever reason, um, and I think partially it was Tanny, like those guys were getting my jokes and vice versa. And I was like, I'm rolling with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Elaine got new friends. Right. Yep. Yeah, I was like, score seems all right to me. Yeah. Like these guys get my jokes, I get their jokes. Like, let's go. And so, like, that's really how my relationship with the score started. Lord started following me. I followed him back on Twitter once I realized, um, you know, everything going on in the city. And like, once I knew who everybody was, I didn't know immediately, and I was like, kind of with the head on the swivel. But it's uh, that was super organic on my end. But I feel like it was probably organic because of what. I had done previous to that in my career. Oh, well, there was okay. So when I was growing up, and then you get into college, and you start or high school, and and then college, and you you know you're listening to sports radio. Um, I listened to a little in St. Louis, and it was fine. You know, it was the typical what what it what it I when I think back, um, you know, mid. 90s i guess ish when i think back of sports radio then my idea of it was people would call in it's call in show they would call in and they would ask the host a question and he would have to know the answer and i thought yeah. okay that's that's kind of what it was but it ain't that anymore and my first um exposure to something very different was jim rome and I had seen him on TV and didn't like the TV thing. But then I, you know, I happened to be listening to him in the car one time. And I thought, oh, I kind of, I dig the guy's style in his show. It's very different than anything else out there. Have then, a take, don't suck. Yeah. And it, nobody was doing that. And then, you know, I'm in college and meeting a lot of people from Chicago. Because um, that's all ISU is. It's just all Chicago people. And... The amount of people who were into sports who were just like, oh, the score, the score, the score. You got to you got to listen to this place. And the first listen I ever had, I happened to be in the car up north and I heard Mike North. And I thought, OK, this guy sounds exactly like the SNL super fan sketch. So 
I dig it because he sounds like, hey, Ditka. That's <laughs> how he sounds. And then yeah. I thought, oh, my God, is that how everybody sounds up there? And then when I moved up there after, um, you know, I got the job, uh, or no, this is before that, actually, because I had a buddy from Chicago or from St. Louis who was living up there post-college. And he said, hey, you've got to check out this Boars and Bernstein show. They're incredible. And this was this was before I started. I think I was still in college, actually. And uh, I heard it and I thought, well, nobody sounds like that. And that's that's how a local sports show should sound. It should sound like those guys because they're fun. They're they're weird. But if it if the topic is big, they can handle it and and they handle it better than anybody. So that is what every sports show should strive to be. You shouldn't sound like them, but you should be able to do all of those things. And that's why I I don't know. I, I, it was such a tremendous show that you can't ever duplicate again. But it, it opened, you know, those three things, I think, opened my mind to what what it should sound like or could sound like and it didn't have to be the same old who was the which guy in 1963 got the hit against what it, 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 that was boring and the, what you know Rome and Pappy and Boers and Bernstein kind of opened it up to show me anyway that it didn't have to be boring and I think that that's uh that's that's where the industry went like the ticket is it's a lot of creative bits. Like they do so many creative, yeah. really like production intensive, like pre-writing, pre-working research intensive bits. And they sound easy, but they're not. It's incredibly right. difficult to do what they do. And um, they're so good at it. And I feel like they also have, they had Norm Hitchkiss, which for me in Dallas was that guy. Norm was the internet before the internet. Who is the one who, you know, had every score book ever and had been all over what I thought was the world at the time, which was really like Dallas and Houston. But Norm was like Texas sports and he knew everything. And, uh, you know, it's even funny because he called his segment. He was on, of course, he was on a gambling content before anybody was. And, and there was a segment called Picks of the Pole because Norm was Polish. And, uh, you know, you wanted Norm's information because it was the best. And, and there's still, to me, such an appreciation for that kind of recall and that kind of near photographic memory. Yeah. Uh, Hacks on San Diego was like that, too. Like, he had the same reverence. But it's it's good that there was all of it. You know, there was this, this breadth of understanding that you could spray to all fields, which I thought was really cool. I asked Dan when I first started hosting with him full time. I was like, dude, I want to, now that I know how to do the job you, you just listen with a different ear you know there's listening for entertainment and then there's listening when it's when it's work and you're trying to diagram things and identify stuff right so like i need to go back and listen to a lot of this and i'm like where do i go and he's like the tape is burned <laughs> he's like <laughs> yeah. it's all he's like it's yeah. either on youtube posted by somebody who's not me or the tape is dead well and i was like cool <laughs> yeah yeah and that's there are the when you find clips of the station on youtube most of it old stuff i'd say the vast majority of it is not posted by the score it's people who cared so much about the station and posted it for themselves yeah and i uh wasn't there an issue too with how much archival material the station has like didn't they lose a lot of it too just because of switching systems or something uh 
Yeah, no, I, th- I, I think there was a, if it's what you're talking about, I believe there was a technical glitch company-wide years yes. ago. Yeah. I heard about this, but I never yeah. heard the whole story. I just, you guys talk about it like it was a traumatic event, so I don't I, say very much. I, I don't even know what's public or what's supposed to be. I saw it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but it wasn't good, I think. I think F- like they're FCC fine. It's just not like you can just like they have the FCC mandated copies. I just don't think you can like go back easily on like what we should be able to do on like an editing archive. Yeah. And get the broadcast quality stuff you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's... But either way, I was like, that's not a sufficient answer. But OK, I get where you're going with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, I don't know, because I think there was some legal stuff involved. I don't. Yeah, it's not good anyway um but but just some of some of the old stuff was just oh man tremendous and you know it's the station has to move forward and sports radio does and radio in general has to find a way to move forward i mean there's always going to be a a demand for local sports talk because people want to know what's going on with their teams and they want to you know they they want to break things down and vent and you could do that with podcasts, but now people can yeah. listen to on demand whatever they want. They can listen. They can listen to talk about their their team whenever they want to, and and multiple different outlets. And I think it's ultimately a good thing. So, but the score is special nationwide. It's special. It is, and I one of the biggest compliments I received because I never thought I would do this on a full time or a regular basis. Uh, because it was radio to me magnified so much of the the aspects of the business that I either didn't like or uh, didn't want to be a part of. Like it's more subjective, you know. It's it's more uh, hate from from your audience. It's more, um, you know. There's fewer women in it. Like it was. There's you know there's more talking. So like you you need to be smoother in your broadcast presentation or so I thought. Yeah, it was just. All of the things that uh, I thought were like just not advantageous to me in my career. And, and it, look what happened. I got in it on a regular basis anyway. And here yeah. we all are. And it's fine. Sometimes. Sometimes it's not fine. But we live. So I don't know. I just, but I laughed because I don't like, I didn't mean for it to just be easy. But for some reason, I easily was cool with all the score people so it was like all right these are my friends great yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like these guys get my humor i get the hairs neato let's be sports friends and then we did when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. 
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Yeah, and and you coming from a already established place in the city it 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 helps i think just just everybody knew you from nbc and um coming over there and having a sports background sports knowledge and being good at it it helps you fit right in i think it's difficult though generally for because i mean you're not you're from texas you're not, it's not like you're from chicago or even illinois it's very difficult in a city like chicago to um, uh to embed yourself and have people even care about you i guess i i i mean in in a so i think of it this way if if i'm from chicago i can imagine feeling like who's this clown talking to me about my teams he doesn't know what it's like yeah, they don't. That, they, don't they don't know what it's like. To, they don't know what it's like to be a Bears fan. They don't know what it's like to like the White Sox and suffer with them in that organization. They don't know, and I'm I sure like it's that way in New York. And I like the White Sox. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I said unprovoked the other day on air, just like in the middle of a segment about something else. I was like, I miss Sox fest, <laughs> dude, and I do. Dude, let me tell you something about Soxfest. Um what they are look, I I I love a lot of people who are still there. And they love you. I don't know if they all do, but No, a lot of them do. It's, so, it's sure. a very wholesome thing and I enjoy it. Um I mean people with the organization and I mean the, that too. Okay. The, the cuz I love the fan base. I've said this before. I love in hindsight, especially, you know, just being out of it, the, the White Sox fan base, I I could not appreciate them anymore. Uh, and really, Chicago's so, like, self-deprecating about it that I just love. There's there's a real camaraderie in the misery. <laughs> just like there, I will. T- so I I've been a uh, I've been a Bears fan pretty much my entire life because I was a kid. In 85, when the Super Bowl happened, my grandfather down here was a huge Bears fan because uh, he was a a, a cop in Granite City, and he knew a guy who was the Madison County Sheriff, whose name was George Musso, who had played for the Bears, and if I'm not mistaken, would play for the Bears on Sunday and then go back to be a sheriff during the week and then come back and play on Sunday. Like, that was his routine. Right. So my my grandpa knew him and they were, you know, he became a Bears fan because of it because he he respected that guy huge. So he he passed that on to me and um, the Bulls. Obviously, we didn't have a team. And in the 90s, who else am I going to be a fan of? So I had those two teams already. Um, But there is a real. I love on Sundays 
following Bears games and tweeting and watching other people tweet and react in real time, it just it feels like I'm in a uh, like in a room with everybody and we're all having the same thoughts and feelings at the same time. I love yes. that. I love it. I, I wish they were good. Sports bar. Yeah, it is. I wish they were good, Layla. Um, I would prefer it, but I love the fact that if they're not, I got these friends with me. I got these people who are pissed off too and and not enjoying it. We can all not enjoy it together. There's a there's a real camaraderie in all of that. And when it comes to the White Sox, they are I feel really bad for people who are there now who have been going to games regularly and I can't, obviously. Um and it's tougher to watch every single night. But j- just the people who were going through that and how fun it looked like it was about to be for years and it just happening all the way it did in the last three seasons, you know, last two to three years, just what an absolute kick in the balls, man, just to, to be a fan of that team. And I, here's the thing. I used to hear people when they would call in during a post game show and they would say things like, you know, we deserve better, we deserve this, and we deserve that. And I always took that with a little, I don't know. I mean, what do you deserve? Do you do you really deserve anything? And I the say more, fans deserve better all the time. The more I thought about it in life, they were absolutely right that they do deserve better. Because that is a, I, I guess I didn't get it at the time. I get it better now that when you... When you invest your, when a team says to you, hey, come watch us play every night, watch us on TV every night, buy our shit, buy our stuff, buy tickets, uh, uh, become emotionally involved with us, you do owe it to them, even though it's a choice, people can choose not to do any of that stuff, but if they do it, it, you owe it to them to do as well as you possibly can and sometimes even better than you can to make the team as good as possible. And they just don't there. What, what bit of evidence do we have? And, and I will say this, I think the, if you remember what time did you, what year did you get to Chicago? 2015, like the very November, 2015. So it was either 2011 or 2012. I don't, I can't remember off the top of my head, the first Adam Dunn season when they acquired him and mm-hmm. they brought back Paul Canerco and Burley's back. And so they, they brought this whole team and their, their, their slogan for the year was all in. And I really did feel like at that time within the context of baseball, like they did. I mean, I thought they were, Hey, they were going for it. They wanted to keep it together one more year, add this big bat, see how it goes. It just failed miserably, but I felt like they tried. I don't know if I felt since then, like they've really done every single thing possible they could to be as good as possible. They acquired a bunch of good young talent, and that's great. That's great. That that's that's a start, but they didn't do the other half of it. And the other half is how do we supplement this talent? How do we make them better? How do we tell them we believe in them and go get this free agent and that free agent and sign this guy and make this trade? And they didn't do those things, and they let it die on the vine, which is, I don't know, to me, man, I, the the experience of the last several years watching that team, 
it's just it sucks man and and they they effed it up they absolutely effed it up and they they effed up with fans and they didn't they did not deserve that let's put it that way they did not deserve that they deserved a whole I, lot better i am not trying to make any excuses but i think they were on their way to doing what you said and then the pandemic hit like i was so excited before that season about signing yeah. free agents actually filling needs did they have a triple digit contract as we as we know or uh, you know if you want to look at it like a 100 million dollar contract something right. where you're saying 100 mil not 75 mil did they have that clearly not and at least at that point they were closer to apparently the only year they really prioritized in scouting which was 2017 james fox's like observation of that will haunt my soul for the rest of my life. I'm afraid it was one of the most great sports thoughts I've seen in a long time, but it's upsetting. Well, so what anyway, was it? Oh, so James Fox. Yeah. From Sox machine. Yep. Told Matt Spiegel to look at the 2017 prospect evaluations of everybody mm. on the white Sox, And this, this wasn't something he said this year. This is something he said last season. So now you're talking about the 2022 season. Going back at that point, five years, right? To the 2017 evaluations. And the amount of people on that list as prospects that were on the current White Sox team or were former Sox who had been traded for or acquired is disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's Blake Rutherford, Andrew Benetitti is number one. Like everybody who they wanted is from there including it went down to like adam frazier and adam frazier was on the team at the time at the big league level so anyway going back to that off season you you had the feeling that they were they were in the right place like they were building it properly they were going to bring up people at the right times they had had enough prospect capital they were signing free agents you felt like what they were doing was at least going to go towards something better than two playoff game wins before they decided to rebuild again well you're right but i remember feeling uh okay they're they're on the way up and all they got to do is is really supplement these guys supplement the talent but and they did you're right they did sign people but when they had the opportunity to take a big swing or two and really really oh hello and really, bless you, uh, hey. really, I never say that, by the way. I just, I don't like it. Um, they, you just oh. want people to die after they sneeze? Is that what's going on here? Well, you're not close to death with that sneeze. You don't know that. No, I do know that. That did not get you any closer to death, Layla, in any meaningful way. Yes, it did. Time passed, and time makes me closer to death. So you're wrong again. But the time would have passed even if you didn't sneeze. It doesn't matter. You said whether or not I was closer to death. And the fact of the matter is, yes. They had the opportunity to at least, um, and I, I say at least like it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but you needed right field filled. So what do you do? Hey, let's bring Adam Eaton's old ass back. Let's bring mm -hmm. this guy back. That mm -hmm. really? That's what you're going to do? Because you know him? You're comfortable with him? Pace. What a, Don't forget second in base. second base? Well, what? There's a guy out there who I'm certain if you had paid him, 
he'd be in Chicago and his name is Bryce. Uh, I, I don't, he, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get, well, I, I get it. It's just cheap. It, that, that is cheapness. That's well, long contracts never work out. How good is Bryce Harper right now? And this is how many years later? He just got an extension. He's, he's, do you know how much better they would have been? And maybe it doesn't guarantee anything, but you know what you're signaling to your team? You're, you're signaling, if you go sign somebody like that, you are telling your young talent, hey, we believe in you so much. Look at this guy we're getting for you. Look at, look at, look at your new teammate that we paid for because this is how much we believe in your talent. And this guy is going to help us win. And I think that does matter. I, I can't quantify it, but I think it does matter if you tell your players, we believe in you, so we got some help. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Wins story. Wins replacement quantifies it. Well, that For does, the, but like, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying the. You're not wrong. You're on mute, Ron. We lost him. He muted his own mic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm back. I must have done that on accident. Okay, I'm back. Now I'm, I'm like a 57-year-old man. So, Tony, um, I'm sorry you have to babysit this. Well, she, they, that's that's his job. He's got to record this stuff. Uh, where, what's oh, the last Tony. thing you heard? I heard you talking about the White Sox. Uh, okay, I heard that helps. You, it was the Bryce Harper, and then I said, wins quantify it, wins above replacement, oh, okay. and then all of a sudden we got smoted from the record. So... Um, you can't really quantify with the old shot in the art. People talk about getting that that B twelve shot of of hey, we we just made this trade and now it energizes the team. You know, I don't know how well that carries over the course of a season, but I think it matters a little bit. And I will give you an example of of what it does for a team, at least temporarily. When they and I've told this before, when they traded for Jake PV midseason, whatever year it was, twenty fourteen. I feel like it was before or was it that. Thirteen. It was thirteen. Yeah, I was yeah, in it was Houston. Like, okay, it was either thirteen or fourteen because I was in Houston, and I remember once PV went, Bud Norris would go, and then he did. So, so it was that year. Um, they found out in the middle of a game, and Mark Burley and John Danks. Oh, there's John Danks. Um. They went into the clubhouse in the middle of the game and they did a shot. They did a celebratory shot because they were like, holy crap, we're getting a Cy Young winner. Mm-hmm. He's come he's coming here to to be with us. That that stuff matters. And I don't know if it if they get Bryce Harper, if things still don't fall apart. Maybe they do. Maybe they fall apart anyway. But at least try. You know, at least at least do something like that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe he wins a bunch of games for you, and maybe you go on a deep playoff run. Who the hell in knows? In that division, in that division, you yes. definitely had a better. Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it is the the drunken optimism of knowing that mid wins you the AL Central every year. Yeah, man. And you just that you like you have this great team, and you're set up to be better than everybody else in the division for at least the next five years if you play it right. And they decided to, well, let's let's scrap heap the rest of this this team and get. I mean, get the what are you doing, man? To me, the organization deserved everything that happened to them after the fact. The fans did not because they. I mean, nobody deserved COVID. I'll say well, that. Well, no, 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 not that. I, don't, I really... I think I, that changed a lot no. of stuff. I'm not saying it changed everything for them. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it still didn't prevent them from getting Bryce Harper. No, so, it did not. 
no, I don't know. It's disappointing, and I feel bad for for all the Sox fans who live and die with them. Who now, and I, I've said this before, um, the amount of people after the season ended, you know, I've, I've heard Lawrence talk about this a lot. Uh, yeah. The people who say, you know what, I just, I don't really care anymore. They could do whatever they want. And I don't care and or, or say things like I'm never going again. I used to get those threats all the time during post game shows when they were bad. I'm never watching this team again. And I would say, yeah, you are. He'll be back tomorrow and he'll be back next season or whatever. This is the first time since 2005, 2006 when I started that job. This is the first time that I, I actually believe people mean it. I think mm-hmm. they mean it. I think I think they're I, done after the Benetti thing which they absolutely botched, horribly botched. It just, look, pay the guy. If if it if it did come down to him just, oh, I don't want to be here anymore, which is nonsense, you know it that's didn't. not true. You know it's not, even if it were kind of true, they just say, well, oh, what would it take to keep you here? That's what you do. Sometimes, sometimes when you're an organization, you don't have to get a fucking deal on everything. Everything doesn't have to be a deal. Sometimes you can just say, all right, what's it going to take to get you here? What's it going to take to keep you with this organization because everybody loves you? Every now and then you can do that. It's okay to do that. You don't have to get a deal or a bargain every single fucking time, and that's how they operate. No, but you do need ownership to value you. Yeah, you you do. you do, and but, I well, don't know that that was was happening in the most sufficient manner for both parties. Well, um, maybe not, and I don't. At think least that's... that is the word on the street. Well, I don't think that's his fault. No, I mean I I love Jason. I'm a fan of his, no matter where he goes. And I know John Schriffen enough to know that you know. I mean I'm I want him to do well. Like I want him to be. It's not his fault that this happened. No, no, it's not. And I hope he does well, but um, they, they blew it by letting Benetti go. It. I just, I adore Jason and yeah, he, he, bad brought, move. he, he brought such a, uh, there's a sense of uh, some pride uh, as a, as a broadcaster who used to do pre and post game for the White Sox. There's a real sense of pride with, with, for example, knowing that, number one, like, I got to do pre and post game when Chuck was at the ballpark with Ozzy and Frank, and we had Jason Benetti, and we had DJ, yep. and to have that group of people as baseball broadcasters is just not something you see. And I was... And, you know, Ozzy made the joke one day when we were all stuck in the dugout. It was the 94 team reunion. And I was reporting that day in for Chuck. And it was we all got stuck because of a rainstorm. And it was me, Ozzy, Frank and Gene Honda in the in the dugout. Oh, and Ozzy Gene is the me, best. He's wonderful. And you know what Ozzy says to me? He goes, you see this? There's a lot of minorities. <laughs> you, you, you take. And, you know, people have different definitions of Persian, whatever. I get that. But to me, uh, it it just, you know, I was proud of that. Yeah, I was I was proud of that. Like it it wasn't and that wasn't purposeful. It was it was that was Jason Benetti is wonderful at his job. And that's the bottom line. 
And uh, to just be a part of that, I thought was so cool. Yeah. You know, but they're, and they're I, all great. I yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I it's I'm 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 very happy you know to know what that. I'm yeah, of course. It's very very lucky to be a part of all that. Um, I mean, I I still treasure that stuff. I love it, and I miss a great deal of it. I mean, there's some things here and there you don't, but anyway, I I don't know. I I wish them well, and I hope that it goes better. I hope for the fans it goes better because they they really have kind of uh, you know bled with them, suffered with them, and stuck with them. You know, they're they don't have the biggest fan base, but they got a fierce one, and that they I I hope. I hope they get rewarded someday. I'm also very glad that Fox News did not, in fact, kill Frank Thomas. That's good because we <laughs> like that's that's a White Sox thing, right? Like that's that's something that's like very fitting for the White Sox. Unbelievable. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just have a real. I don't know, man. And you're right. Like I'm from Dallas, and I never thought I would end up here. Even though this was in my mind as a teenager, the best sports city in America because I had two baseball teams and Michael Jordan and that was my reasoning and Oprah yep. I was like this is the best place and Jerry Jerry Springer so like I was like Chicago's it man like that's the only other better place there is and then I ended I met- up there in some magical twist of fate but it's uh when you know what the people want and like you get to know everybody I don't know you just you want good things man and it's Yep. I, I love Chicago. I honestly did not think I would ever leave there, but you know, family circumstances happen and, uh, uh, opportunities open up. So I did, I, you know, but I miss it. And when I'm back, I, I miss being there a lot because it's just such a a great city. And I, I love the people there and I feel very comfortable there. I feel very comfortable in Chicago. Hey, by the way, I was on the, uh, elevator with Jerry Springer once because they were taping in the NBC building and the score used to be in the NBC building when I started. And, um, I'm on the elevator. Have you heard this story or not? No. Oh, I'm just giggling because Tony put a thumbs the up. Thumbs up. On the, on the screen. Yeah. So we were on, I think this, <laughs> we were on the sixth floor, I think. I and so I get on the elevator and, um, uh, Jerry Springer gets on and it's just the two of us and it's later in the afternoon, I guess. And he's got, he's doing that thing where, you know, when people are really tired and they're just fed up, they're, they're rubbing their eyes under their glasses, you know, that, uh, that, that whole thing. And so he's doing that. I just thought you always did that. Cause every time I see you, you're doing that. It, it, that's it. I'm exasperated. So it's, times. so it's me. Okay. Okay. No, continue. No, no. Continue. I would never. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's doing that. And I said, uh, rough day today or something like that, you know. And he go, he says, because they used to tape multiple shows a day and then they would run them. And he said, yeah, I got two more of these things to do today. And I was like, oh, OK, well, good luck. And then the, he got off first. The, his floor came up first. It was only like a six floor ride and door opens up and he was walking out and he says, and they're so stupid. And then the door closes and he walks away. (laughs) He thought his show was stupid, but he was 
banking, so he didn't, you know, he wasn't going to stop. I got two uh, more of these to do today, and they are so stupid. So when I was the Padres reporter, Mark Sweeney was telling me how much he just loves Chicago. And he was the analyst for the Padres at the time, and we were doing pre- and post-game shows on the road, so he was with us for the trip. And then he proceeded to tell me about this one time they had a day off in Chicago and like all hell broke loose. Like some of the players on whatever team he was on at the time went to go see Jerry Springer. Oh, and they boy. sat in the audience and they were like, Jerry, oh. Jerry. Oh, yeah. Jenny Jones used to be there. Oh, yeah. I, the yeah. Jenny Jones sign is still there. Judge, My uh, judge in some... college lied his way onto Jenny Jones. Oh, and boy. then he took his shirt off. What's the other? What's the judge? And he flicked his nipple rings at the audience. Wait, who? we were a horrible oh. generation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying Jerry had nipple rings. Uh, or no, Jenny Jones. No. So, my friend's uh, cousin who lied his way cousin. onto Jenny Jones. Yeah. So who? Um, what was the judge? There was a judge there too. Judge Mathis. That's it, Judge. Judge Mathis, Mathis just left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Judge Mathis was there for a while. I wish I had seen that. Yeah, I miss the real, uh, the real golden age of the the talk shows at the NBC Tower, which is kind of a bummer. But I don't know; it's pretty cool to still work there. Everything's yeah. super shiny all the time. The gold from the Art Deco designs and stuff. Oh yeah, the lobby's really cool. It's really pretty. It's like solid marble or something. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's it's by a Whole Foods, which I enjoy. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy about that draw. Good. Um. Did you ever think that you would end up hosting a news talk show like you do mm. now? There was a time a long time ago, I thought that it would be cool to to be able to talk about things that weren't just sports. And we do very little sports now. So actually, I kind of um, I get excited when we get to talk a little sports because we don't so much. Um, yes, I thought that it was possible one day, maybe. But that was a long time ago, and it didn't become reality until a couple of years ago. But um, I like it. I didn't think that when I had that thought years ago that I would love to do something more general where I could talk about whatever I wanted. I didn't think that um, politics would be as awful as they are now because they've always been a little sketchy. But my God, it's horrible now. Politics now is it is an absolute crap pool it's awful so that's not always fun but i do like the the flexibility of being able to talk about whatever you want so then how important do you think it is that you're not one of those bad or crap pool voices as you say in politics well i hope i'm not um i think we need more people to not be that the problem is because i look i i don't want to get real political or anything but my uh my political leanings um a little I'm, I'm left and that's fine but there are people who believe and a lot of people who believe that i am ruining the country that it's not just i see things differently than them but i am actively ruining their lives and ruining the country because of the, the, of, the of being on that side and it's not that i'm in a not that i'm a, a host on a show it's just that they think all people like that are literally the enemy and that's where i think it 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 sucks but i do wish that there were more people who were willing to you know look at things in moderation and and there's too much insanity 
at the moment. And I think it's important to have a little bit of moderation. Probably a little more than we have now. History says these eras ebb and flow. I just wonder if it's going to ebb when I'm alive. I great question. I we think about that all the time. Talk about I it all the time. I hope it does, but I just don't know. I don't either. I I would it, like to tell you It's difficult to be weaponized as an individual just because of things that I couldn't control. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's exhausting. It is. And uh this election season's going to be really not fun 2024 and artificial intelligence is going to make it more difficult because you can you can fake any voice you can fake any video and there's just going to be a lot of mess so here's what i'll tell people last political thing i'll give you just be very careful when you hear something or read something just be very careful about whether or not it's it's coming from a good source because there's going to be a lot of crap for the next several months. Well, that's a lovely way to. You started it. You started it. How did I start it? I don't know, but I'm, I'll go back and check the tape. I asked you questions about your life. Yeah. I'll check the tape. This is on you. Why, you always blame me for stuff. It's just ridiculous. Like, all I did was ask a question, and you, you're like, nope, mad. I would not. I would not. Mm-hmm. Layla, it's great talking to you. Yeah, you too, Chris. Are we going to do I, another... Uh, yes. Another House of L sometime? Are we going to do another one? We have to ask Lawrence. Oh, yeah, he'll be the judge of this one, won't he? Yes. Um, yes. I I don't know if uh, they tell me that it's always fun when you and I do shows together. Not just Lawrence. They. Oh, whoever. But they I'm are. not sure if if the people need a regular something from you and I. Oh. I, I disagree. I think they do. <clears throat> I think they could do a whole lot worse than us. I mean, they can. They can. But, you know, we started the show with you being a bad friend to Tony. I've already asked you about Dinks. I don't uh-huh. know. There's, we could there's do more. an Ask Ranji. I feel like that would be a popular sure. segment. Yeah, we'll do one of those next time. Next time. Um, enjoy your weekend, Chris. Okay, Layla, you enjoy your weekend, too. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.